That Paul My Daisy was made in uh, 1960, and it was the first film that I made uh, together with Alfred Leslie. Uh, it is obvious that that film was a very spontaneous film, and uh, it was done all with non-actors, and I think the narration of Kerouac is, is very good that we put on afterwards. The second film I made was The Sin of Jesus, and you've seen half of it here, the second reel, which is taken from a story by Isaac Babel. It was my first attempt to work with actors, and you can see the result. I made uh, a third film, which was uh, also made with actors, which was called OK and Here, and I'm now finishing a first feature where I went back to partially the, the some of the people from Pull My Daisy, but also with actors. Uh, I have not yet the title for that film, but it will be finished this uh, by the end of the year. If there's any questions about the films, uh, I uh, you know ask them now and then. Tomorrow, I guess I'll talk about uh, photography and film, but I think this is a good time to ask any questions about the films. Well, I sure would have questions to ask. I mean, How long did it take you to make uh, Pull My Daisy in Japan? Was it shot just in the course of one session? Or? No, it took, uh, I think, it maybe took 10 days or so. And then uh, we edited it, and then uh, we had to go and take some other shots for it. We decided we needed them for the editing. Yeah, entirely. In that way, it was a very spontaneous film. We filmed, a, we filmed a great amount of footage without any real plan, except a very rough outline by Kerouac of some play he once wrote, which at the end had very little to do with, with what was happening. working on that Chappaqua um, last year, almost for two years on and off. I photographed that film, uh, and uh, that was a pretty good experience because it was a, an unusual film. That film will be out, uh, I think, this fall. I can't stand looking at my films, and I, um, I, I think the first half is even worse than the second one. <laughs> but it, it was a it was a, a honorable failure, I think, at least. Uh, 
it, it's very hard to make a film, the first film, and succeed because for some reason just everything has fallen in the right place and then you, if any of you have tried films, uh, maybe you know something about it, but it's, it's then very tempting to attempt something that you really are not equipped to do or you, you, you are just, you know, you, you get some money and you get some support and then you think you can just do anything. Well, that film taught me a great deal. Yeah. Uh, well, no, it, it has been asked before by uh, people who give me money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, I want to express myself, whether that's entertainment or not, I, I, I'm not to judge. If, if you think it's entertaining, uh, you're willing to pay and come and look at it, that's, you know. Uh, I, uh, as I went on over those, the, the, I, the film I'm working on now, I, I, I am more conscious of, of people you know, paying for it, I mean, going and seeing it, and, and I, I'm not making it for those people, I'm still trying to express myself and make it the way I think it's good, but I, I sort of, at times, look over to that side. Is uh, Sin of Jesus, is that your script? Yeah, there was really no script, it was just taken from the story, which is a very short story by Isaac Babel and we just used the words that were directly taken from the story, you know, it's not Sanskrit. Do you, you feel, do you ever feel a need, well, I don't know what you're doing in this latest film, but of writing the script yourself, or, or do you think just in the act of producing a visual metaphor for the, the idea, that's the... Well, in this last film I'm working on now, I've for the first time worked with a writer because I found that it comes up the need to, to uh, have good words, and especially if you work with actors, they, they do need words, and they gotta be good. But yeah. you, you don't have any, you don't feel any need to do the whole bit yourself, you're willing to just? No, no. But I feel the need of having some kind of a, of a script, even partial script. Is that the afternoon and yesterday talking about criticism? principles or means of dealing with things like this. And one of the things that Mr. Lyons has been uh, making a point of is trying to uh, see the artist through the work or trying to see some consistent threads from, we've been talking about pictures, photographs. Hey, whoa, oh, you misstated that. <laughs> <laughs> you'd, you'd admit that you think it's useful to look at, at, at a photographer's work more than one picture. To understand the work.
two of the three that you made so far. But um, do you feel that they're in, in, in any important ways related? Absolutely. Uh, any work that, that an artist gives out to the public is uh, it's like a cousin or a brother or you know I mean it's it, it's absolutely related to to the artist it's, it's if it is not he's a fraud they said, I said I said that uh, did you mean the relationship of the films the films went to another story. one to another I think is what it meant Bob. oh from one to another yeah Well, I mean, you you make that connection. I mean, it it, it has a, I mean, maybe, maybe I can put it another way. You're not in, in complete control of the thing in the sense that you're working with other people. You have actors. You have other people writing the story and so forth. So, in a sense, you're you're putting in one part of the total product. Uh, Still, you're, you're the filmmaker. I mean, I'm responsible for the film. If the acting is bad, I'm still responsible. I'm not going to say uh, it's the fault of the actor that it isn't good. Uh, it's still my idea to make that film and my way of making it. Okay, that, that answers a large part of my question. Now, I'm curious, I'm curious, in other words, to know if, if uh, a film perhaps can stand as more independent uh, than, than a photograph can. Uh, well, uh, that film Chappaqua was mentioned where I worked a long time on it, and I did a great deal of work on the film, but I didn't mention the film because I absolutely have it out of my mind, although uh, the photography in the film is, is, is very important, and, and it practically... Uh, the film sort of stands on the photography. It is, it's, it's the most important element in the film, but I would never think of it as my film because I would never have made such a film. So it's, it's the other guy's film that I did for him. So if that helps you uh, make a connection, I would only consider this film I didn't even shoot. Somebody else did, but I still consider it much more my film than the one I shot entirely over a much longer period. In other words, uh, for the other film I got paid, I mean, I'm, I'm not showing, when I have an exhibition, I'm not showing work I did for Life magazine, but I'm showing what I did on my own. Uh, well, I'd rather talk about this tomorrow, because <laughs> that's, an, yeah. Well, all right, then, and uh, then to stick with the, uh, the night's medium, are you satisfied with this as a medium? Well, absolutely. I think that's a, a very uh, challenging medium. You can, I can express myself well if I succeed. It's very difficult, but it's a, it's an, uh, a very expressive medium, and it's very much a medium of our time of the time I live in, for me. You don't find it a difficult one to control? It is difficult. Everything is difficult. So you just pile another one on the ones you have already. It's discouraging sometimes, but uh, it can be done.
No, I, I prefer to work uh, when it's in sync with the actors, but it, it, the camera gets very heavy and everything gets very complicated and I can't move as fast as I want to. I can't really control it. I have to find a way to do it better, which I have been working on this new film more to my satisfaction. No, the Sin of Jesus, what you saw was a reduction print from 35 to 16, and the other one is 16 millimeter, full my daisy. I think was a, it was successful, but I think it was a very boring film. I mean, it, uh, well, each film has sort of a strange story connected to it. Okay, and here was my film, but I, I did make it with a young man from California with a lot of money who wanted to make a film quick and make it good and win a prize. So I really made all the efforts that it would win a prize, which it did. Uh, and uh, I made the effort much more in a technical way that it should be really right technically, and I think I succeeded. But it taught me a very valuable lesson that it, it doesn't pay at all to make something technically right especially not in films. It, it, uh, it's much better to have the courage to, to forget about that and, and go and make something that you really feel than to be all the time, to have that technique and the, the desire to, to really master the, the technique, sit on your back, and so you, the, the film comes out, you know, as nothing. I spared you the, the other half. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to show it. You really feel that totally, about OK in here? I feel bad about all the work I've done. Uh, but about OK in here, most of all. And probably because it won a prize. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Frank, why do you feel bad about all the work? Well, once it's done, the work is done. It's like digging up, uh, you know, then the work, uh, I, I finish work, it's finished for me. It's. Uh, then it's up to critics and, you know. Yeah, but you say you learn, you learn, though, as you go along. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that I have to feel good about it. I'll learn, sure, otherwise I wouldn't continue, but I, I just don't particularly like to see it. I, I, so the next might be better. It's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, the sound is right, the, the pans are right, it's cut smooth, it's, uh, it flows, it, uh, it's not amateurish, that's what I mean with technique, which led me also to, which I'm still working in 35, because uh, 
I'm still somehow, I, I want to make films where <laughs> they look right, I mean visually that it, it, it's right. But I think the technique is, the technical aspects of filmmaking are tremendous, you have to know a great deal about it. But I think once you know about it, then you can more or less forget about it. If you don't know about it, you get screwed by technicians who know about it. <laughs> Say that again, I didn't hear. Uh, in other words, in, in, uh, in your terms of technique, you include the standard uh, photographic or motion picture production problem. Very well put. Yeah. You answered, in a sense, my question, because I was going to say that if, as you seem to be working now, that, that someone else takes care of certain aspects of it, such as the writer might supply dialogue. Now you have to work closely with a, with a writer, I think most of all with a writer, I mean for me, I'm only talking about me, I'm not making rules for anybody else, but I have to, I, when I said that about technicians, I have made experience with editors or with sound men, I you know, take their professional advice and then end up paying for it. I mean, I, I, I want to know about it myself and I, I then I can get exactly what I'm after. But it is not, it doesn't work out that you can simply throw the problems at them and let them take care of It never worked in my you case. Still I have to have that control over the whole. I have to, for me, making films. I, I cannot do, do it otherwise. I wouldn't want to make films otherwise. Yeah. I'm curious, when I, when I st first saw that film, I guess back around 1960, it was called uh, Call My Daisy, but I noticed here it's the Beat Generation. Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, that's the first copy of the film that I kept, the original copy, and uh, we called it the Beat Generation, and then we got a letter from some guy in Hollywood, I forgot now who it was, and said he was making a film called The Beat Generation, and if we would use the title, he would sue us for, I don't know, so we changed it. Pardon? I don't know. I, well, this was a big outfit, like MGM or something. I don't know. His film came out and was called The Beat Generation. No, I had all the freedom. I could do anything I wanted to make. But you still don't feel much any part of it. Have you seen it? No, it was uh, mm. it hasn't been distributed anywhere. Right. Uh, there's been so much written about it, though, and I've seen a great deal about it. I guess it was a tremendous thing at the time. It was probably half fiction. No, it was all true. <laughs> <laughs> everything you read is always true. <laughs> What was the question? No, I was just 
No, I was just asking because you, you sort of said you'd forgotten it completely and didn't feel it was your film at all, that possibly he even tried to control setting up the shots and so forth. Uh, and it has a lot of my ideas in it, but still it was this man's film and, and he, you know, it's his idea to make a film like that. It's, it's a film actually about him. You, you'd really have to see it. I could talk for a long time about it because it's a film that uh, deals a great deal with insanity and vanity and things like that. Yeah. Do you see any relationship between your filmmaking and the uh, filmmaking of the underground movie today? Must be. I mean. Uh, I mean, that's a typical critic's uh, question. I, uh, I, I don't know, uh, you know, I don't care. I mean, I, uh, I, some of the people that make so-called underground films I know and some films I like, and then uh, I think I would be more influenced by a film, let's say, like Buñuel than I would be of an underground film, but then I'm not thinking very heavily about who influences me and who doesn't. I, I didn't mean it in that way. Uh, well, what do you mean connection? Well, what do you uh, felt that uh, there was any similarity or any sympathy at all or any antagonism towards this movement? Well, spe be specific. Well, I think one of the chief characteristics of the underground movement is this uh, desire to all oh, I'm all for all that, yeah. That have, uh, Any rules that can be broken, I'm for. <laughs> if it's well done. I mean, uh, but I am I, all for that so-called underground movement because I think anybody that's against the uh, established method or Hollywood um, deserves sympathy, even if he fails. <laughs> Well, go ahead. Why? Why do they deserve sympathy? Well, I'm for the underdog. And, and also, I, I think, uh, I don't see what's so great about Hollywood. I mean, what have they produced so that young people or so-called underground filmmakers shouldn't try to, to show that different things can be done and, and they, I mean, Hollywood themselves, they are watching it very closely now. They got sort of interested in it. I think Warhol already had a certain influence on, on, on Hollywood. But don't you think that's a confusion between the techniques and what people ought to be saying in the film? No, I think it's, it, it, it means that the people who make the so-called called underground films, I think they are more, in a way, in touch with what goes on, even if their circle is small. But it's, it's important. It, it portrays aspects of, of New York or of city life in general, which I think Hollywood has not acknowledged. I mean, they have never wanted to see any of that kind of life. 
assume you were putting it down. You said it was entertainment shacked up with art. I certainly do. Well, I was making that comparison between Chappaqua. I never write criticism, but... <laughs> well, I didn't like um, Blow Up because I, I felt it was... Uh, it was a very pretentious movie and a very patronizing movie and... and uh, I think an inferior movie coming, well, you read the criticism, coming from a great director like uh, Antonioni is. It was uh, on a very low level, I thought. Do you think that's because he's become swallowed up in his own myth? Himself? No, I think he wanted to make money. Yeah. Well, how, how would you relate your films to someone like Bergman if that's not too far away? I seem to sense the kind of feeling the quality that, uh... Well... I, I, uh... Yeah, Bergman is a great filmmaker. I well, must be influenced by, by him in I'm some... I'm not saying you're influenced by him, but like there's a, a thematic similarity. I can see like in the sense of Jesus and... Well, that just happened by pure coincidence. In my this last film that I'm finishing now, it's a very strange coincidence. I started that film three years ago, my own, which is a, a film in part about a catatonic schizophrenic who doesn't talk at all. I, and I took the real patient, opposed to an actor who part of the time plays the patient's part. And then this Bergner film came out and I, I didn't know anything about it, but it's exactly the same, the same situation. It's a very different film, but it, it's just strange that it happens like that. I, that's just the way. Well, if, you know, I have not seen your film, but you, you've seen this film. How could you speculate at all, or at least in terms of like technique, maybe even. Uh, it, his is very slick, see. And it's very uh, much, you know, kind of a culminating point, it would seem to me, in the cinematographic tradition, because it's all wrapped up in that kind of artifice. And, like, you just reject technique in your film, or they never can't see your film. So no, what, what I try often, <coughs> be aware of the things that I can't really do, and try to make it stronger in that way. That's not the right wording, but I, I try to be aware of the deficiencies, but then use the deficiencies in a way, like in the editing or in the, in the story itself. But that takes a long time to learn. That's one of the most difficult things to, to, uh, to be aware of and to be able to use. No, we just put it there. It was just a friend who wanted to be in a movie. What was she reading? She was reading Proust. Right. Yeah. I had somebody else. You mean you know her? She's the wife of a painter.
Have you seen that film? Well, he is uh, on the scene in New York, and he's interested in films. He's a famous man. Could be exploited. <laughs> That's what they thought of this new film. You are talking about the film called uh, Round Trip? Yeah. Awful film. Unbelievable. I just realized sound is much more difficult than picture, I think. Are you happy with the, uh, looking back as you watched again, with the Oscar? No. No, I think the soundtrack in, in Puma Daisy is, is a masterpiece for Kerouac. Although it was edited, and if I would redo it now, and that's what I was just thinking when I sat there, I wouldn't edit the sound the way it was edited now. I would hardly cut it apart. It was cut apart at several places, and I wouldn't do that now. I would let him talk more freely. No, that's completely... You know, I tried many different things, and I didn't succeed at any, I think. But, uh, you know, f about uh, my moving from photography to films and all that, I'll, uh, I'll have more of a lecture uh, tomorrow. I guess, will all these people be there? Or how is that? <laughs> I mean... I am not uh, a lecturer, I mean, I have certain difficulties talking, so uh, I also don't prepare things very well. I go more by what happens around me, and that really influences what I 
say, which, so it's sort of random thinking. Um, before I uh, answer the questions yesterday after the uh, films, I mean, it changed. Uh, it gave me many more ideas after I had answered the questions and at the party when I talked to a number of people. But first, I'd like to just go through with what I sort of planned to say. And then after that, I will uh, talk about what I thought of, of uh, yesterday, especially after talking at that party. Uh, I've been, yesterday I drove from Vermont to Albany and um, I was looking at those billboards and I saw a number of billboards with uh, beverages. I mean the photographs were very big and there was seven up was poured or beer and the photographs were really astonishing and it, uh, I thought that I couldn't do as well anymore. I mean, I couldn't make it that sharp and I couldn't get that detail in the foam and all that. Uh, because I did use to work with a 4x5x8x10 camera. And I sort of admired the, the efficiency and the, the way it was done in those billboards. And it made me think of uh, Callahan and Callahan, in connection with me, I'm sort of a friend of Callahan. I mean, I don't see him often, but we had a show at the museum once. And I thought of him as a photographer. I assume that most of you are somehow familiar with his work. And I thought of him, the big difference between him and me is that he is uh, he is totally um, devoted and absorbed by photography. It for he would accept any kind of photography. He would he. I mean, to him, photography is almost like a way of life. And whenever I see him, he is very upset that I don't photograph anymore. Or he continuously asks me why I don't and why. And this is what I've been thinking about, that for me, to continue photography the way I've been doing, I would be afraid first of repeating myself, which I have a great fear of that it becomes mechanical and then I just have to put it out, the same thing over and over again. But also, I don't have his, his, uh, it's kind of a love for the, for the medium, for the acceptance of that it is valuable, anything that, that you can do with a, with a photograph, any which way you photograph, he will always accept it and be 
be receptive to it. I, I don't have that. I, 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 you know, I photographed and I made this book and then it took a long time to get to the point. It was very difficult to get the book printed. It was difficult to get an exhibition at the museum. But that's natural. I mean, any artist has difficulties in getting his work shown and so on. But I just couldn't continue from then on. I didn't have the love for the medium anymore that I admire so much in a, in a man like Callahan that he has that. That was so. It, that is one answer why I shifted over to movies. All of that. It's not as simple as that. Um, this also made me think of uh, when I had the show with him at the museum. I, I, uh, I'm sort of a little bit embarrassed to always talk about myself, but there's really not much. I mean, that I think would help young people best in a way to to hear somebody talk about his own experience. I mean, my own experience, because this is what I know best. So that's why it always comes up. But the show at the museum is Callahan was uh, at that time, I think it was Steichen's last show, and I had a very difficult time because I insisted that Steichen would call the show uh, Callahan and Robert Frank. And Steichen said it was the last show in a series called Diogenes with a Camera. Uh, and this shows again the, the difference between a man like Callahan and me. I, he would, was perfectly willing to have the show called like that. It, I believe it didn't make any difference to him. And to me, it made all the difference. I would not have the show. I was like uh, a week before I wrote the letter and I had a big uh, scene, which seems sort of ridiculous now, but that I would not want the show called not where my name isn't, you know, I mean, it isn't called Callahan Robert Frank. Well, uh, I got my way, but uh, it, it was very, uh, I mean, it was, it was sort of disappointing to have to fight so hard about the, mo the most normal respect that an artist should get. I had to fight for to get a reviewer. I, was, I refused to have the show or anything written uh, by Desch in, in the New York Times. I mean, I, I, I tried to get somebody else. I, you know. I mean, these are all things that a painter really doesn't have to fight for that much. It's, it's, it's accepted. And uh, this is another thing that, that disillusioned me about photography. I, uh, 
I am impressed here in Rochester to see the, the gallery and the, the work is done, but uh, this is quite, you know, since I had my show, I think it's uh, eight years ago. I, uh, I was always opposed to um, Steichen's idea of photography being some kind of folk art that you put under a title, uh, you know, like the family of man. I, I think, although he made, you know, he's a very famous uh, man, and he probably had a terrific sense for artists when he was younger. He, I think he put photography back considerable by his insistence on uh, on lumping it together at the expense of the artists and making a theme out of it. I think it shows what was published uh, during his time at the museum, the books that were published were I mean, the one that I, I know well is, is The Family of Man, but I think very little was published about individual photographers, which is a pity because I, only by pointing out the work of individual photographers, I think you can sort of elevate photography or, or, or make it become more the, the work of an artist. I, uh, and I think what's done here is the main lines of what I hear about it, or the books that come out of here uh, seem to you know, prove me right. Nathan has the same ideas that I have about it. This, uh, I mean, this feeling led me, and I repeat myself, it, it was just, I had such a strong feeling that I had to express myself. And I felt that any, any limitations by, by rules, which could be, if you work for a magazine, you have a, a format to work in, you're, you're limited, or you work for advertising. It isn't the fact that you work for money, it is the fact that you are, you have to conform to a, to a rule, which I found killed, uh, an honest attempt of creating something that, that is you. So uh, although I, I did work for a long time commercially as a photographer just to support myself, it, it, it took away, I think, at the end, uh, for me, the possibilities of going on in photography because I, I did it too long being forced to, to accept rules or a format. That's another reason why I moved over to films. I mean, the, the problems there are similar, but the, um, 
I can express, I think, better, or it seems to me uh, more expressive to make films. Uh, uh, when I got the, the, the this sheet talking about this conference that uh, I'm sitting in now, that was a I often came to the word criticism. I have my own ideas about criticism. Uh, I think criticism changed considerably. I was thinking now about criticism in, in films. For instance, ten years ago, you could, uh, like a man like Crowder or any other film critic, was really very, very important telling the public that this film is good, they should go and see this film. I think today it's much less the case. Uh, the public goes and, I mean, they see the films that are, that are new, that are more current, that are, it, the critics today are much more uh, like, they collect information to sort of feed the universities or they, they seem to collect the the ideas or the, the the work of an artist and then they they you know put it on paper and they send it out to all the other centers to, to participate in the Discussion and the evaluation of, of, of artists or films, whatever it is. Um, I wrote down here. It, it, yeah, it's like cataloging a creative effort. Uh, I. As I said yesterday, after I um, I have done work, I mean, I had an exhibition and then it's finished. I mean, for me, the work is dead in a sense that I have finished it and from now on it will, I mean, other people will judge it, other people will, you know, evaluate it. But I am, I am aware that it uh, the work will change during the years. It might disappear. It might be, you know, just uh, be forgotten, or it might uh, a certain period of my work will become more important. Or, but that uh, I mean, I I, I cannot uh, do anything about it anymore. I would, if I, if I would be a different kind of a person, I would go back to work and, ch and change it again. But uh, I think very few people could do that. Like yesterday, I, I see these films, there are certain things I would change. But it, that's why it's also very painful for me to watch my films once they're finished or even, you know, see an exhibition and I, I never go and see it. Because 
I mean, I, I really want to go on, and this, I feel, uh, it just holds me back to go back to my old world. This also made me think of uh, the the tradition in, in art or the tradition of museums that everything has to be, I mean, it, I realized that I changed, so I might, when I was 20 maybe, I did like Cezanne very much. And if I go now to a museum, it doesn't mean very much to me, or not that much, or to go closer. I used to be very fond of Motherwell, because I knew him and I saw his painting sometimes in the studio. Then uh, a year ago I went to the museum and saw his exhibition. And I was very disappointed. I was, uh, uh, I didn't like it at all. I found it, it was overestimated and overblown. And so I, uh, there is so much art around now, so much to see that somehow I get uh, an uneasy feeling to be always confronted by words or by, by the pictures themselves about, uh, you know, great masters. I, it's sort of hard to express, but maybe you can follow my, my English or my feelings. It's, uh, I, I mean, I really don't want to hear it all the time or see it all the time. I want to, uh, I'd rather, find out what Warhol is doing, or find, go and see a good art film, or walk through this exhibition and see what's happening now. It sounds very banal, but uh, I feel very strong about that. So. And that's another thing why, uh, that's part also why photography it drove me to films because I felt that it, it's much more growing, it's much more a medium of, of our time now. It, it, it moves, it talks, it... Uh, stood still the, the photography. I was always faced with the with the paper, like a painter was faced with the empty canvas. I mean I I, I would have a, a hard time to photograph again because I just couldn't do what I did. So I would have to look for something something else and it, it would be very difficult but a few people do it. But there's a girl here, I think the girl is here, who had an exhibition in New York that I saw, and I liked her work very much, because I could feel she's really trying to do something that I could see that uh, was different, a different way to, to create an image 
Uh, what's the name of the, the girl? Alice. Yeah. I think also the exhibition that's out there, that uh, Metzger is... Uh, tries to sort of get away from the established photograph, but also, you know, the um, photography can always be put into, and it always is, um, put into a, a class of uh, action photography or experimental photography, uh, color photography, portrait, you know, all this. Well, uh, I just, uh, I'd rather make a film. Does the No, I don't feel that way about it. But, but the main thing with the film is that it, I have more <coughs> ways of expressing what I want to express. I can use sound and I, I can use motion. And you can manipulate film in, in thousands of ways. You can do the same thing as, as a painter. No. Why do I want? Why do you want to use photographic image with these other things? Instead of say, colored pieces of color or other kinds of material. Oh, well, because uh, I think I, I would, I am, I mean, I see myself as what's called a, a realist. That the word is a stupid word. I, uh, it wouldn't mean anything to me to create an abstract uh, moving design. If that's what you're talking about? Well, uh, I'm not sure exactly, but you mentioned uh, some of the filmic elements such as, as uh, movement, <coughs> sound, words. For example, Rauschenberg does the same thing. You can get radios. That's what I, I spent a great deal of, of, you know, learning and becoming an artist as, as a man who walks around seeing things. So it would be logical I continue that in films, that same idea of looking at things and, and 
reproducing what I see, only it, it's a very different kind of reproducing what you see in the films I make now than it is in photography. I mean, besides from, it's a different medium, but the, the, the photography is, is, is instantaneous what you recreate, the way I photograph. And in films it isn't, it isn't like that. I mean, you have to recreate it over a greater period of time. And you have to work much more from memory. And it is much harder to be uh, spontaneous than in photography, where it was naturally spontaneous for me, the way I worked. So it, you know, should answer your question why I continue making films that are somehow related to photography. Anyhow, it's it's just pictures put one after another. For some reason, I, I never forgot, a, uh, I, I think that was about uh, 10 years ago, I sometimes young photographers call me up and they show me their pictures and, uh, and this guy calls up, I forgot his name, and uh, he came to my house and he showed me, he had a little envelope and he showed me the pictures and the pictures were all very dark and they were very uh, uh, bad, I mean they, technically they were very poor and the subject was, uh, they were often women, they were all dressed in black but they were lying on a black background and for some reason I never forgot this guy bringing me these pictures because I, uh, they were I, I was impressed really by him and then after he left I found out why really. I, I did ask him why he was showing me those pictures because I didn't believe he con could consider them uh, really good pictures because they, they, they were, they were, but they had one obsession and this guy taught me really I mean, it was sort of a, a beginning of, of something in me. I mean, he pointed out something with that. He didn't express it in words, but seeing those poor pictures, like 20 of them, all that blackness, and then he left. And I thought about him, and he was dressed all black. And it was that he, the guy was obsessed by black. and. I had seen before black canvases, you know, that a, a painter paints, that, uh, 
but I never felt that felt so strong. The, you know, the, the honesty of a man uh, trying to express what, what he felt, and I. Uh, I mean, these pictures really stand in my mind. Although they are they are absolutely poor pictures, if you would see them, uh, you know. Here and there, you would, it was just like a picture any child would take, any, by accident or by. So, and uh, I had that same feeling uh, again when I worked for this guy uh, Rooks. I made a film called Chapaqua for him. I mean, I shot for over a period of two years. <coughs> Uh, the, the man was, uh, I think he's insane, he has a lot of money, but he was obsessed by himself, by wanting himself on the screen, by wanting to talk about himself and seeing himself as, uh, seeing himself on the screen. And uh, this, this taught me a, a great deal about uh, making films, traveling all over the world with this guy and trying to make a portrait of him. So if I, I had thought of... Uh, actually, he did hire me just to photograph him. He didn't think I would make the film for him. He said, I heard you're a good photographer. I want you to photograph me while they are making a film of me. And he had a very big Hollywood type, a Hollywood crew in Paris, <coughs> 40 people. But they couldn't deal with him because he was, he was uh, 